0: Our scripture reading for this morning comes from John chapter 15, found on page 1676 of your Pew Bibles, and I will be reading John 15, verses 1 through 17. So that is page 1676 in your Pew Bibles, the vine and the branches, I am If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command love each other
1: our text is that first i am statement that we have here where jesus says i am the true vine congregation of jesus christ we are looking this morning at another i am statement of jesus and we find here one that that is very uh, striking in terms of who jesus is when jesus makes these i am statements he is stating first of all his greatness that he is god the true son of god sent into the world as the savior that first of all, is always clear in these I am statements. And that would resonate in the minds and hearts of the disciples and all those who heard this. They would, they would be reminded again, even as we are reminded every Sunday, of God's love in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus here, in specifically this I am statement, suggests most clearly that, that he is the central figure in in the long work of God's saving plan that he is the vine the the stem the central source we we need to just just enter into that a little bit because when Jesus says i am the vine and you and i we are we are thinking yeah pumpkins was a good example we are thinking a little bit of 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 something that's not really Terribly close to us and and common and constant. But when Jesus says, I am the vine, he is touching, he means something that, that touches the hearts of the disciples and all who heard him as well. So the I am part, absolutely. And the vine part, very strong, very strong identification. Vine is Israel. To, to talk about a vine, a grape vine, is to talk about the actual self-identity of the people and of Israel. It would be somewhat equivalent to, to talking about Canada and then talking about hockey. And say, oh yeah, of course. Hockey, Canada, that's, that's who we are. That's what we're liking and what we're about. This, in, in a much more uh, central, personal way, Israel would see themselves, recognize themselves. We are the vine. This is our whole history. This is all that God has done. And in that sense, they, they are, are resonating with things in the Bible, uh, things like Psalm 80, which speaks about God having made Israel his vine. And having grown them. And Isaiah 5 especially talks about how God planted his people, Israel, the vine, and how he nurtured them, how they grew. So when Jesus is, is talking about the vine, they, they, that's, that's us. That's who we are. That's God's work. Even on the temple itself, when Solomon was building the temple, they they etched different things in the in the the walls of the temple and one thing was a vine cuz that that was who they were they were god's people who he had called in genesis 12 through abraham and through abraham that that seed of faith was grown through the nation of Israel, the people, and in the holy land, Canaan, and they became a witness to the world. That vine grew, and it bore fruit. And so, even with Solomon, as he was reigning at the pinnacle of that that whole work of God, and then the whole world knew about God, and the queen of Sheba came to worship God, So the vine had grown, and it had borne much fruit. So Jesus is is tying into all of that. Even ongoing in the history of Israel, at a particular point through various periods, and also the Maccabean period, even early towards the time of Jesus, just about 200 years before Jesus' birth, then the vine was on the money. It was actually on the coin. So any coin you used, if you were doing your business, you would see the vine. And there was a sense, too, reminding them of who they were and how their business was God's business. So the vine, very central, very pivotal to the people, to the disciples identifying with the power of God in them, in Israel, in the nation, in their work. Psalm 80 and Isaiah 5, speaking about the vine, also add that the vine produced bad fruit or no fruit. So that was also a realization so that the vine was indeed the work of God, but the people had not responded, had not identified fully with that work of God, and so, so the vine hadn't produced fruit, or the fruit it produced was bad fruit. In that context, and also that understanding from Psalm 80 and Isaiah 5, Jesus comes here in John 15, and that's why he says, I am not just the vine, I am the true vine. I am the stem, the center, the the focus of God's saving work that will bear fruit when people put their hope, their trust, their faith in me. So that's the, the sense between vine and true vine. Jesus comes and he declares he is the true vine, all those who trust in him, as the center of God's saving work, as the Messiah they will produce good fruit. So that's the big picture. That's why Jesus makes this statement. Jesus wants to bring that into view and give people the sense of who they are, their whole history, and his place in it, and the hope that he brings. Jesus also uses this example because people knew about vines, grape vines. People knew very commonly they were grown just everywhere. And so that was also very much like the sheep example we looked at. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. So Jesus says here, I am the true vine. People could, could get a sense of, of okay, of course. This is very common, we understand how this works. we of course as as North Americans, us living here, we don't know that much about vines, but just one specific picture is that there would be within the sense of the vine the realization of of tender care that if you grow grapes, vines, if you work with them, and people did, and everybody knew, and everybody did, they knew that it took careful, constant work, and that you had to watch, and you had to tie up branches, and you had to be careful with the fruit, and and there's just a whole sense of tremendous care, tender care. So within the whole picture as well, God as the one who cares, and so when he says right away, my father is the gardener. And, and it, it's a caring picture. It's a wonderful, comforting, caring of who God is, God knows, God's love, God's presence. And so that was why, too, Jesus could wonderfully speak about the vine that he was bringing in, that comforting, hopeful example for the people. And so for us, too, today god continues to work in jesus in us who continue to to look to him and seek his his care the stark detail in the the whole presentation is that that constant repetitive to remain in that that there is that connectedness that the branch is dependent on the vine that a branch Continues to need that water, that nutrient of the stem. And so in, in that sense, for us very much too, our living, our life needs to be grounded in our faith. And that's where we get our sense of purpose, our strength, our focus, our our direction. And so when it speaks here about remaining in the wine, remaining with our Lord, that's a beautiful constant reminder too. One exceptionally fascinating detail that I just want to point out to you is verse 4, where we, we can definitely, it says, remain in me, remain in me. But it also says, I will remain in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. So it's, it's a very powerful picture of grace that, that we try, we try, and, and we, we work at too. How can we remain in our Lord? How can we, yeah, be faithful in worship, be faithful in devotion, faithful in prayer? At the same time, even more so, Jesus says, I will remain in you. Wow. That, that Jesus is holding on to us. Jesus is, is keeping after us in a way. So when we go astray, when we, when we feel we don't have time, when we feel we, we aren't as close to the Lord, he comes to us again. He continues to reach out. And that is a beautiful part of this picture as well. As we remain, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. He will continue to work in us by his word, by his spirit, by his grace. And so even when sometimes people are distant, we feel distant, we have that constant comfort. And one commentator really, really highlights that too, in terms of this passage, how Jesus wants to be close to his people. He he wants to be intimately in your life. That's his desire. You might think, oh, he's busy. He's not interested in me. No, he is. Everything about you, he is interested in. Everything that you worry about, he is worried about. Everything that you wonder about, he is there to guide you through. The picture is tremendous, wonderful, caring picture of the vine and the branches. We continue to to respond to Jesus as he works in us. So that that sense of of remaining in continues to be a central focus, a central purpose of this passage, a wonderful uh, comfort, uh, a continuing challenge that we seek to be close to our Lord. Now, in God's grace, verse 2 adds pruning. The idea of pruning the vine. Vines send out suckers and, and different shoots that, that are, are not fruit-bearing. And if, if you know anything about even some of the wine industry, and the, if you've ever had a wine tour, you go through the vineyard, and you see that they take the central branches, and, and they, they tie them on the wires there, and they cut off a lot because a lot of the vine, a lot of the branches that, that do come up are, are just empty. They are taking energy from the vine and they are not going to be producing any fruit. That, that we can understand too, a sense of, of the various distractions that come into our lives. All of the things of this sinful world and as we get involved in things apart from faith, apart from church, apart from the things of God, yeah, our lives are busy, absolutely, but they are not fruitful. They are empty. And so in grace, again, it says that that God prunes those away. He helps us to see, too, that, that just, just being busy with other things on the weekend or just, just not having any time for devotions or not having any time for church and faith That's not helping. That's not where life and joy and peace are. And so to be clean of that, verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, that to let the the word of God work in us to to identify those things that are not really helpful or profitable or fruitful, and to to receive that cleansing, that forgiveness, that that grace of the Spirit, giving us strength to say, hey, I'm not going to be wasting my time here or there, or wasting my money doing this or that. My focus is going to be on God's work, God's will in my life in this world. And that is where true love and joy and peace lie. So that pruning is that sense of removing what is dead and and deadly. And Jesus was constantly addressing that to bring people into a healthy, growing relationship with God and with him. So that people could go forward strong in faith and purpose, in grace and love. So those are, are all wonderful aspects of this I am statement of Jesus. Comforting and encouraging and guiding us as we too seek to follow our Savior and serve our Lord. Finally, the application here. What, what is the application, the emphasis? And I just want to highlight it in a couple of the verses here. John 15, verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So, so being fruitful is the goal. Verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Beautiful. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in divine. Neither can you bear fruit. Unless you remain in me. Oh, okay. This is about bearing fruit. Verse 5. I am defined, you are to branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, so bearing fruit is the goal. In verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we have that that purpose of the vine is to grow grapes. The purpose of a Christian is to bear fruit. So the purpose God has for you and for me, the reason that we are hanging around is not just to hang around, is to bear fruit. That's what God calls us to. Now you might wonder, what is that fruit exactly? There is in the bible many aspects of bearing fruit but here the fruit jesus is talking about is is the sense of obedience and we find that in the added context of verses 9 to 17 that we also read those who love christ will obey his commands verse 10 the fruit of faith one of the fruits of faith is uh, the fruit of faith is loving obedience expressed in different ways and definitely one aspect of that fruit is is also to to see jesus at work to see god at work building up his church and kingdom obedience that sees what god is doing in jesus and through the church through the work of ministry to become part of that great and glorious work of faith and vision. So this loving obedience has many forms, but, but really one concrete form that we have before us today that the, the deacons just are highlighting for us today in this pamphlet, and you will find this in your mailbox, is through the sense of, of faithful giving. There is a sense that, that to be aware of the needs that are out there, to be aware of the ways that God is working, and to support that work is, is a way of bearing fruit in the service of God, in the service of our Lord. That ties in to the understanding of the vine when they put the vine on the money that that we respond to what God is doing by having the sense of the money that we are given by God is ours to be used, but especially to, in service of him. And so like divine was on the money in ancient times, so we need to, in, a, in, in one sense, to have that idea too. The money we have, God God has a claim on, on, yeah, part of it, a tithe, that he needs that, uses that for wonderful things. And so that that would also be our sense in terms of our faith, that we would be fruitful in responding, in loving obedience, in faithful giving to the work of ministry. And that can be, too, through, yeah, all the opportunities that we have here as a church, that our hearts recognize the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus in our lives, and respond in thankful obedience and love to support and work in the ministry that is around us. I just want to highlight just specifically, it says in John 15, it talks about bearing fruit and about bearing much fruit. That, that sense of what the Lord is doing. And I wanted just to do that by, by just explaining to you for a minute in relation to the actual offering plates that we use. Now, now this is not, uh, not absolutely... But we have, we have two offerings every Sunday. And on the offering plate, you will notice the one, the one is the special offering. It says special offering. And this morning, the special offering is for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. So when you give out of love and obedience to God and put funds in here, you are bearing fruit, I would say. One thing, one thing is on your mind, on your heart, in love. And I know I love the Canadian Food Grains Bank. I love the work they do. I love to see how God, God works through them. I love it when they get all the combines together and they, they harvest fields, hundreds of acres, thousands of acres, and raise thousands of dollars and do incredible work for God, for the kingdom, feeding hungry people, helping in all kinds of ways when, when we Support that work. We are bearing fruit. And Jesus says too, why do you support that? Why would you give your hard-earned money to that? You earned it. You keep it. And no. God blesses me, and I see this as his kingdom going out. So I'm ready to give. Give significantly to this work, because this is something I love as I see God working in it and through it. So fruit, fruit would be the Canadian Food Grains Bank. As we see God at work, as we see his love, we bear fruit by supporting that work. Wonderful. Then, if you see the other plate, I would suggest this is the budget plate. And Jesus says you bear much fruit. So not just fruit, not just the food grains bank, but much fruit. And if you, if you read in, in the pamphlet too, that, that you truly understand that when, when we support, it, it's kind of, it, it's unfortunate you have the word budget and nothing is explained there. And it looks kind of dry and basic and, and very limited and kind of, kind of very little vision <laughs> in the word budget budget but to capture the vision like that's fruit budget is much fruit much fruit so it's not just one thing so when we support the the budget the general budget offering then all kinds of fruit you have Local things, definitely. We have our dinner here on Thursdays, supported through the budget, through the outreach ministry team. There it is. Fruit. Fruit that you can see if you come here on Thursday. If you don't come here on Thursday, there's still fruit that you are supporting. Because it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. There's a lot of love and grace. There's a lot of glorifying God. Fruit is being produced. But if you put your, your funds in here too, you are also bearing fruit on the campus of the University of Alberta. Well, you never go to University of Alberta. But if you are supporting the work of ministry through this offering, you are touching the hearts and lives of students and staff on the campus at the University of Alberta. Well, I didn't know that. Well, you are bearing fruit in the kingdom of God by your faithful support of the budget and the funds are used in that work. And, and then you go to the denominational things where all of the work that the church does throughout the world in countries that you've never been to, to people that languages you don't know, but the word is going out. And so the picture of the, the bearing much fruit, amazing. And if you pause to reflect on it, and if you think about, too, that you just can can humbly, thankfully give what you are able, God will do tremendous things by his grace for his kingdom. So just just those two connected elements, I'm thinking between how we give, that you get that sense again, too, that we are privilege to, to give in this way and to this ministry, and we are thankful for the deacons who remind us of that work that we are called to, and we continue to seek to be faithful in that work. When we recognize Jesus as the center, that he is the vine, and that we are the branches, and he calls us to bear fruit then we are encouraged again to reflect on our giving as we are encouraged this morning by the deacons to take again our place, our part in that great work of God and that too, we see humbly, thankfully, God inviting us to be part of that work. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you continue to be faithful to us, as we put our hope our trust in you we thank you for the blessings you give us in worship in our lives in so many ways and also your blessing too of of, of wealth and that we are in fact very blessed lord we pray to that you would continue to work in us that we would overflow in thankfulness as you have always called your people to do and that by, too, the gifts that we give today and, and every Sunday and through the budget and through the regular offering, Lord, that by that, too, you do such wonderful things and that we can be part of that. And that you continue to build your church and kingdom. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to respond. In singing a song of thanksgiving, salvation belongs to our God.